You're so serious, Scott. Jesus. <laughs> I'm like, well, because I'm like refreshing it off to the side, like just trying to get back to the, or just making sure that we're actually on the, uh, I'm actually on the podcast and not watching Battletoads the whole time. <laughs> Alright, well that's fine. How's it going everybody? It's Stefan, the Old World Gamer, along with Scott, Devin, Kane. Welcome to another Retro Indie Pixels podcast. Do it, do it my very best to pay attention to podcasts and not Battletoads. <laughs> and not to Taz <laughs> Speedrun. <laughs> so, uh, just a little bit ahead, uh, we have a lot of stuff this week. We have oh. a lot of stuff, because there was a lot of, like super important things that I wanted to go over. I actually so skipped much a few. Yeah, we skip both us. skip stuff. Yeah, and the only thing we had in common was one article, so that means that yeah. there's a lot to go over. We've, we've got news for you this week. We definitely have things to talk about and news. And a yeah, lot of it was a shorter podcast last week. We're making up for it now. <laughs> yeah, we're going to make up for it. So, uh, again, if you guys are like interested and uninterested in certain things, we have little time codes at the uh, on the uh, description. So if you guys want to hear about certain things and don't want to hear about other things, you can sit ahead or go back and listen to everything that yeah. we have to say. Comments. And whatever speed that you would like to see it. Indeed. So, uh, let's uh, let's get this ball rolling with the first thing that I'm actually been really uh, really interested in here. Doctor Mario World has already hit two million installs and over one hundred thousand dollars spent within the first seventy-two hours of its release. I'm actually I'm really surprised by that, to be honest with you. Doctor yeah. Mario World has only been available for three days and it's already a bit of a hit. Nintendo released its fifth mobile game, Dr. Mario World, a little over 72 hours ago as of the 13th. So, uh, it's already seen over 2 million installs. Players during this time have already spent over $100,000 in app purchases, which range from $1.99 to $69.99. Along with the aforementioned data, Sensor Tower has also prepared how, prepared how Dr. Mario World stacks up against previous Nintendo mobile games during the same period. Um... There's a little uh, chart for it here. Like Fire Emblem Heroes is definitely like way yeah, over. You have to also realize too that this is the the revenue. Like if you look at yeah. the revenue compared to the installs, by far, like yes, Mario is on the lowest end, but still, 100k is not a lot because well, there's probably not a lot of stuff you need to buy for Doctor Mario. It's probably, probably still fresh. Not. People are like, eh, I got lots of time to do stuff. And, you know, but they, look at how many, like, installs there are, though. Two yeah, million. Two million. Two million installs, which is really surprising, especially for something like Dragalia Lost, which I found was, like, a really, really good game. Only had 300,000 downloads in its first 72 hours. And they really advertised Dragalia Lost. I I saw Nintendo's uh, publications for that, like, weeks in advance. And I, I, I will say I was one of the people who downloaded Dragalia Lost when it first came out. And it's still a really good game. Just... You have to compare yourself against Mar Super Mario Run, Far Fire Emblem Heroes, Animal Crossing, and good luck. And I know it's also an offshoot Mario, but... of Mario, too. It's not like it's the main, like, Super Mario Run. Right, you know, yeah. So, I but mean, still... it is an offshoot of that, but still. But still looking, at, still looking at the chart itself, it's the fourth biggest of all of their mobile games so far. Uh, in Dr. Mario, world players treat viruses by matching the three medicine caps. Stages have a limited number of moves similar to other puzzle-based games like Candy Crush, Escape, and Fish. As players advance, new maps will open up. The game also becomes more challenging with the introduction of obstacles. The free-to-play puzzle game was released on Tuesday, July 9th, day earlier than the oh original God, date provided. So it's available on iOS, Android, and limited, in limited markets. It will eventually be released in 60 countries and in multiple language. So, I mean... 
it's Dr. Mario. I mean, this is something I was excited for. I <laughs> I will be truthful with you, and I forgot about it. I will be downloading it as soon as we're done, just to give it a try, so that, you know, I can well, give you guys, like, a little, maybe like a little bit of a, hey, I played it, here's what I think about it, sort of thing. Compared so. to Candy Crush and Cookie Jam, I'd much rather know that I'm playing Dr. Mario over that stuff. Personally, that's just me. I, I didn't play Candy Crush, I played the Cookie Jam one for a while just to pass time, more or less, kind of thing. Like, if I was at a doctor's office. But then I started playing Final Fantasy Record Keepers, and well, yeah. But yeah, Dr. Mario World, I could see myself playing that. Looks good. We lose Scott. We might have lost Scott. Oh, he's back. Looks like he's back in the call. Here he is. Hold on. We're kind of getting video back. <laughs> oh, no, we lost him again. Well, I wasn't expecting that to happen. Also, hello to everybody out there watching. And if you do have any comments or concerns or feedback on the podcast, by all means, please join our Discord server or the live stream itself and leave a comment there. We'll, we'll always get them that way as well. So, Oh, looks like Scott's back. I don't hear him, but I see his video trying to come back in. Oh, damn, we keep... Oh, let me just... I'm going to stop the call. I'm going to do it again. Do we have Scott back? Alright. Here we go, we got Scott back. Uh, <laughs> Alright. Uh, Discord Great. decided that it was time to update. <sighs> Dude, I find Discord <laughs> is not very friendly. <laughs> like, hey, we're updating now. Uh, Not right now. Jeez. Sorry about that, folks. Jeez. It's all right. I filled in the right. gap. Yeah, sorry right, about that. All right. So, uh, so uh, moving on. Moving on. Now that we're updated. Thanks, Discord. Uh, Luigi's Mansion 3 is releasing October Whoa. 4th. I might have missed. Did I miss? You might have missed. Uh-oh. Uh, nope. We missed one. <laughs> you missed one. Ha! Not my Hold fault. Hold on. Did I miss one? <laughs> yeah. Next one I have there is for Torchlight. No, I have Luigi Mansion. Uh, did I miss giving it to you? Yeah, because oh I don't boy, see we it. Are, we are just a... Oh, yeah, I missed giving it to you. Uh, hold on, let me give that to you real quick. Well, we're just batting a thousand here today, folks. Holy <laughs> cow. There you go. That one's for you. <laughs> I forgot to give you an article. Alright, uh... Let's uh, step and cut that ready to go here. Luigi's Mansion 3 is releasing October 4th, according to Amazon Mexico. Uh, Amazon Mexico set, or sent out ship date notice with those who pre-ordered Luigi's Mansion 3, stating the game will release on October 4th. News of notice was posted by an Amazon Mexico customer on Resetero. Nintendo hasn't announced release date for Luigi's Mansion 3, so keep this tucked away as a rumor for the time being. That said, Amazon Mexico has been rather accurate accurate regarding leaked release dates in the past. As noted by Nintendo Everything, the retailer leaked accurate release dates for South Park, Fractured Foot Hole, and NIS's RPG Maker MV. 
Still, again, because this is a rumor, until confirmed by Nintendo. Yeah. Announced in September of last year, Luigi's Mansion 3 takes place in a luxury hotel and allows you to summon Gooligi to help you overcome obstacles as you hunt ghosts. The game also features co-op, allowing a friend to take control of Gooligi. There's also a scare-scraper mode, which can be played online or locally with up to eight players on four Switch systems. So, uh, I'm actually... I haven't played any of the other Luigi Mansion games, but this game is, like, really piquing my interest. Like, the things Robin that I've seen on it so one. far, it's like, it really looks good. Like, really, really, really looks good. Yeah, and I watched I, Robin I might... play all the way through it, and I, I didn't really get a chance to play, but it did look like it could be fun. This one looks right. even better. Right, it like, very, very does. Like, a lot of, like, I've seen, like, a lot of the new things that they're adding to it, like being able to use your, uh, your, uh, your thing there to, like, slam ghosts and use a suction cup to be able to, like, slam other things and objects and stuff like that. It looks like it's going to be, like, a really cool game. And uh, October 4th, it's saying. So it's a little over... October, like, a little <coughs> over three months before we get to it. So... Uh, what I really like about it is that it looks more atmospheric. Like, the first one looked really dark yeah, uh, yeah. when you were inside the house in rooms a lot of times. So, it was kind of like... Sometimes it was easy to miss little things. Like, oh, there was a, you know, a piece of furniture right here that I could have just, you know, went over to and sucked out a gold bar or whatever the case may be. So, right. But this one here, like, it has the right amount of dark, but the right amount of light and color as well. It's, it's just, it's so nice looking. Mm -hmm. And, like, this new Guiji feature is going to be able to make it so that, you know, being able to go to different places just with the Guiji makes, like, for different sort of encounters for it. Yep. So, uh, next up, Torchlight. Is free for Epic, free on the Epic Game Store. Limbo is next. The free weekly game for the Epic Game Store as of uh, July 12th is going to be Torchlight. Uh, Torchlight is here, available to claim for free through the Epic Game Store site or the client. Torchlight is available until Thursday, July 18th, when it will be, when it will be replaced with Limbo. Torchlight is a Diablo-style top-down RPG that's beloved by many. The game has a distinct art style and plenty of content, though it is nearly 10 years old, visuals still hold up today. Unlike its sequel, the original Torchlight does not support multiplayer and is only playable solo. Believe it or not, Torchlight Brand is still actually pretty active, and we're getting a new game, Torchlight Frontiers, at some point in the future. So there will be a link in this particular uh, in this article for you to be able to go, or you just go on to your Epic Store launcher and claim Torchlight for yourself. Uh, I have personally played Torchlight. I have played Torchlight 2. And it is very comparable to Diablo 2. And it is fun as hell. If you have not played Torchlight, I really suggest going and picking up this version or this uh, this free version of the game and giving it a try. It is very good. It is definitely going to want you are going to make you want to pick up Torchlight 2 when you're done. Um just the game is super fun. Like I said, it's it's uh, Diablo style top down action RPG, and like I said, it's extremely comparable to Diablo two. So I think if you're yeah. I have if the you're collector's itching, edition of Torchlight two over there, right? But uh, if you're looking for something Diablo like, and yeah. you know you haven't played it yet, I would absolutely one hundred percent recommend going and picking up Torchlight free. I mean, you can't beat value cost free when it comes to games. You know yeah, what I'm really though, especially when it's suggested or you know. Uh... 
So it's telling you that right. it's worth getting when it is free, so... Yeah, and, and then Limbo is going to be available next, <coughs> which also is, like, really, really good game. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on, Minecraft Earth Beta is coming soon. New gameplay has been released. Mojang has shown all the Minecraft. first gameplay footage of Minecraft, Minecraft Earth as the game approaches public testing. Developer confirms that the Minecraft Earth Day Closed Beta will be kicking off in the next two weeks on iOS. The game is coming to Android as well, but beta testing for Google platform will follow sometime after the iOS. Minecraft Earth, if you're unfamiliar, was initially unveiled in May as an augmented reality-enabled version of the popular game. Similar to Pokemon Go, the game lays out a virtual world on top of the real world. Uh, through your phone screen, you're able to mine resources and build and create alongside others in a shared world. Today's gameplay footage does a great job of explaining how it all works and what you can expect from the upcoming beta test. Uh, being a closed beta, however, only a few will be invited. Uh, you can still sign up for a chance to get an invite. Hmm. Um, I honestly, I, I'm not really sure how keen I am on Minecraft Earth being like a shared world sort of thing. Hmm. Because, like, this is going to be, like I said, it's a shared world, which means that you playing the game, and that guy playing the game, and this guy playing the game, and me playing the game, we're all going to see the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're going to have those people that are going to be going to public places where the kids are going to be running around and building gigantic dicks in the middle of parks. Yeah. Do you not think this isn't going to happen? You know there's going to be trolls. There's got to be trolls. I mean, there's trolls in there's everything gonna, with gaming. It, it's, there's no way you're going to get around that. It's, they're they're going to be in public places, big open places where people are going to be able to, like, oh, here's a big good place for resource mining. Let's put dicks everywhere. Like, th- this is, it's, you should be in your own world. I mean, I understand that, you know, they want it to be like a big, everybody plays with everybody sort of thing. And that's kind of what Pokemon Go is about. But at the same time, you can't leave your, you know, your personal stuff laying around. Mm-hmm. And it's it's literally just going to be like, oh, he's going to make a fountain. He's going to make a cool house. Yeah, he's going to make a cool house that looks like a dick. I mean, you're not going to get around that. It's just you're you're never going to get around the fact that people are going to troll this sort of stuff. Oh yeah. And I really, <coughs> really, really hope that there's a way for them to be able to go, hey, this looks like this. It has to be deleted, yeah. or something along those. <coughs> I don't know how, but I think this is, should be something that they should keep a very close eye on and make sure that, you know, people who do that sort of stuff face some sort of consequence for it, because it's like, I, I, don't ask me how. It's not going to, I'm not going to be playing it. I am sure my kids are going to be playing it because they're big on Minecraft and that sort of stuff, but, uh, you know, it's just, it's unavoidable. So, <laughs> I saw this, and I couldn't help it. I had to laugh. <coughs> Shouldn't you three backers <laughs> not be getting a season pass? Because they haven't done enough to shoot themselves in the foot yet. <sighs> well, Funding Shenmue 3 won't net you everything the game has to offer. Shenmue 3 can't keep away from controversy. After uh, after placating disgruntled PC fans over the game's Epic Star exclusivity, EastNet has once again riled up its audience, this time over exclusive and post-launch content. 
Uh, as backer Antonio Miranda posted, under the game's last update, the Shenmue 3 team has confirmed that backers will have to buy their own additional content. Standard and deluxe versions released through the retail stores are not, affli- or are not affiliated with the crowdfunding campaign, Eastnet told Miranda. So it will not be con- included with backer pledges. They will be available for sale separately. Granted, the overwhelming majority of backers chipped in at less than $60 a pop. That's really only enough for the full edition, and deluxe versions were never sold during the campaign. But it's being seen as yet another knock against the game that's shrouded in controversy since day one. There's an additional content exclusive to Kickstarter and Slacker Backer editions, but with some retailers also bundling exclusive content, it looks like it will be impossible to obtain 100% content complete edition of the long-awaited sequel. Man, I just don't know. That's like honestly, I'm I'm sorry, but people are bitching about too much. This is I'm just gonna say you're bitching about fucking too much. You're paying less than sixty dollars. You're gonna get a game as long as that game is a game that you can play and you can complete. You got what your money's worth. That's like saying, oh well, I backed this game and later they put a DLC and didn't give it to me for free because I didn't pay for. Like, right. what the fuck do you expect? Of course you're not gonna get it for free. Like DLC, I can see like. Just straight up like DLC, additional content to the game, like end post content, sure. But I think a season pass is a different story because season pass is required for certain things in certain games. And I don't know. I think the backers who backed it only for sixty dollars and the people who are going to pay the same amount when it comes out, like the physical copy version, I think that's fine. All right. Mm-hmm. If you've not paid over X amount, like I say, like let's just say the sixty dollars backers, no. But the people who've backed it for a hundred dollar plus should be getting that sort of stuff. Yeah. At the very least. At the very least. If you've only, you know, like let's say you got in for fifty dollars and you're going to be getting yourself a copy of the game, of course you're not going to get the season pass. Of course not. But I think that the people who back for higher amounts should be. You should be able to get this season pass at least for a discounted price, if not for free. But the DLC mm, backers so- should be able to get it at a discounted price, even at the like the under sixty people. Sure, right. right. And and I, and I agree with you. I think anyone who's paid a hundred plus should yeah get the pass for should free. Should be getting it. Yes. So yeah, discounted for the backers. People who buy it off of launch date, once it comes out. No, of that's your own not. fault. Not- you pay for the season pass separately. But yeah, yeah, other than that, it's like, I mean, you shouldn't expect to get a full season pass, like, just because. I mean, there's there's plenty of games that release that you bought full price and then paid for the season pass, so what is this one any different, just because you're waiting for? Right. And it's just, <laughs> it should be, like, a little bit of backer incentive. Like, if, you, if you're paying only $60 on your Kickstarter, of course you're only going to get that stuff, you know? And, and the people who are actually put in... A, less than $60 and are expecting the season pass to come with it, I'm not sure what you guys are talking about. I mean, you know that the people who are going to be going and buying the physical copies up there, or even the digital copies of it for $60, you know they're not going to get it. So why should you be entitled to it just because you kickstarted it? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But, I do agree that the people who have put more into it should be getting it. Yeah. Um... A little bit of an update on Psychonauts 2. Uh, the release date has been pushed back to 2020. Uh, Double Fine has delayed Psychonauts 2 up until next year. Tim Schafer Studios wrapped up the hectic E3 with a post-event update for backers on Fig. It's a lot of what we heard in E3. Double Fine is now a Microsoft studio, but that won't stop Psychonauts 2 from hitting PlayStation. 
The real change for fans, however, is news that the game has been delayed until 2020. There really shouldn't be too many other noticeable changes for you at all, at least not for a while. With one notable exception, we're now targeting year. For, we're not targeting next year for the release. That we'll find instead in the update. We know it's always disappointing when you have to wait a bit longer, but we know that you're an amazing supportive bunch who, just like us, want the game to be as good as possible. Double Fine also released a video update following E3, diving into the nuts and bolts of showing the game at the event. Delay is always disappointing, but for fans of the 2005 original, what's another year? Mm -hmm. um, we, we we've kind of gone over. We've kind of gone over this. I just kind of wanted to skim over this just a little bit, just for the people who have been, you know, expecting Psychonauts to be coming out in 2019. It's just, you know, just expect it for 2020 because, you know. There's always... Like we said before, it's better to have a game that's ironed out and ready to go rather than something that's been rushed and that you're going to complain about. Like you, everyone right. always tends to find, you know. Yeah, it's it's kind of this is more of like a hey guys, this is what's happening more than a, oh let's complain about it coming out for another year because, like we've said in the past, another year makes it makes your game more quality and you're going to have a better experience with it. So. Um, moving on, <laughs> Facebook signs a deal with Ubisoft to develop Assassin's Creed and Splinter Cell for Oculus Rift. Yeah. A news report states Facebook and Ubisoft have signed a deal to bring Assassin's Creed and Splinter Cell to o or Oculus. According to the report on the information, Facebook has signed a VR exclusivity deal with Ubisoft to, and to develop Assassin's Creed and Splinter Cell for its Oculus headset. Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg has said to have been involved with the deal. The report also states Facebook is looking to acquire game studios to beef up development for the headset. When reads for comment, Facebook spokesperson told GI.biz it couldn't comment on specific partnerships, but it will continue to focus on expanding its Oculus library for reaching broader gaming audiences for years to come. File this away as a rumor then for the time being. Uh, speaking of which, a new Splinter Cell game is being in the works for what's been rumored for seems like ages now, but Ubisoft has yet to confirm or deny those rumors. Um, I think it would be neat to play an Assassin's Creed game on Oculus Rift. Like, the game is already one of those, like, really cool, you know, sneak around and do things, but how cool would it be to be in the shoes of, like, Ezio? Or, you know, any of the other Assassins or something like that, but, like... I think that would be neat. Like, even something like Splinter Cell. Splinter Cell's another one of those, hey, sneak around and do your stuff and, you know. And <laughs> I was just thinking about how funny it would be. Is it like, you're running, trying to jump onto it like a ledge or something, you almost miss it. And, like, in real life, you're just like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> like, wait, that doesn't, that's not gonna help? Uh, uh that'd be so good. I wanna watch someone uh, play that. And you know, there's going to be those people out there who are going to take these Assassin's Creed VR games a little too seriously. They're going to have knives and swords in their hands. They're going to st like start stabbing their dog and stuff like that because they're going to be doing stupid stuff. <laughs> and I am going to be sitting back here and laughing like hell at those people who do stupid stuff because they want to immerse themselves in their games just a little bit too much. I mean... Being an Oculus Rift and being an Assassin's Creed game is already immersing yourself into a universe where it's like, how exactly are you going to be, you know, getting into this? But you know this is going to happen, Stefan. Mm -hmm. You know what it is. There's going to be people out there who are going to get hurt because they're going to try to do stupid things and then they're going to fall over their copy table and I can't wait. 
Honestly, <laughs> I want to see these dumb people tripping over their coffee tables and stabbing their dogs because they played Assassin's Creed. Not the okay. Let me rephrase that. All right, I don't want to see people stabbing their dogs, but I want to see them doing stupid stuff. Yes. No, no dogs are harmed in the making of this film. Okay, I'm just throwing that out there. Okay, but. I want to see somebody stabbing themselves in the leg. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, I, I'm playing VR Assassin's Creed. Now I'm in, now I'm in the hospital getting stitches. I stab myself with a kitchen knife. Man, you stupid ass. Anyway, uh, Nintendo is working on a way to transfer games between Switch devices. Uh, they are working on a way for Switch users <coughs> to transfer content between devices. Switch users will be pleased to know that Nintendo is working on a feature which will allow them to transfer content between multiple devices. This will come in rather handy considering the company announced Switch Lite today. Switch users can currently transfer content from one system to another, but this is solely in intended to facilitate swapping systems entirely, such as, such as if one develops a fault. Talking to CNET, Nintendo of America President Doug Bowser said that additional system transfer options are in the works. Okay. Fans will be hoping that this is more of a comprehensive solution that will take into account users possibly owning two different Switch systems at the same time. You will have the ability to transfer between devices your gameplay experiences, your gameplay experience, he said. More to come on there, but that is the intention. As CNET's notes, it is possible Nintendo is working on a multi-device solution which would allow Switch owners to just sign into different systems to access their account and content. This would be in line with PS4 and Xbox One, both of which allow you to just sign into a second system to access your account and games. Yeah. Switch Lite launches September 20th and will run you $200 or the original equivalent. Uh, I think this is just, just a no-brainer idea, honestly. Um, this is something that I've really had struggles with on the 3DS, being able to go from one 3DS uh, to another yeah, to try to bring your that. stuff over. Yeah. And just trying to get into your Nintendo account and download all your games, and it's such a super freaking hassle. And just being able to have something as like an Xbox Live account or a PS4 account, where you just go, okay, here's my login stuff, here's my data, here's my password, and they'll be like, all right, cool, here's all your stuff. Duh. Especially and if you're someone who, like, if you're a collector, uh, there's a good chance that you like variants, meaning that mm -hmm. if a console looks slightly different or has a slightly different box or control, like these three here, they all look fantastic, by the way. Um, right. Yeah, for myself, personally, I'd love to have all of those. <laughs> I'd like to have a Switch, period, but still, like, it just, it looks nice. So, I mean, yeah, it's also nice to be able to say, okay... If something does happen to this one, I can throw it back in the box. I can boot up this one over here, get my stuff back, and you know, pretend as if nothing happened. So, right, and just being able to go say, "Hey, there's my switch over there," but I'm gonna get a switch light because I want to be able to, you know, take it with me to on a vacation or something like that. And I don't really want to bring my that switch with me. I want to like a smaller version that I could just carry on with, you know, in my pocket or with luggage or something like that. Mm -hmm. That you're gonna be able to play all the stuff that you have already on one switch and just move it to another. So, also Nintendo. Um, I don't know if you've heard, but if you've got any Switches laying around, like doorstops or something like that, I heard Stefan could use one. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> if it can just, barely turn on, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'll, I'll fix right? it myself if I have to. That, that's cool. But... <laughs> we're, we're looking at you, Nintendo. We know you use Switches as doorstop. <laughs> you know what I do. We've just got a bunch just laying around like, ah, 
This one here's got a weird colored button or something. I'm cool with that. I'll tell you guys. Yeah, right? Alright, so this is one of, like, the, the main... Oh, just kicked my desk. Uh, this is the story that I had, like, the most interesting for this week. Uh, a deleted tweet seems to suggest that Final Fantasy VII Remake is coming to more than just the PS4. Um... Final Fantasy VII Remake has only ever been advertised as a PS4 game, but it looks like this is no longer the case. Uh, an update to the story before we get into it is uh, following the publication of the story, Square Enix has sent a statement reiterating that Final Fantasy VII Remake has only been announced for the PS4. As previously announced, Final Fantasy VII Remake will be released for the PlayStation 4 on March 3rd, 2020. We have no plans on other platforms at least. What they say is that... that that has, it's only been announced for the PS4. Um, original story says earlier today, Xbox Germany posted a video of Final Fantasy VII Remake revealing that it will arrive on Xbox One on March 30th, 2020. In case you're unaware, this is the same release date for the PS4. The tweet, the tweet was quickly deleted with Xbox Germany communication and social lead Maxi Groff promptly apologizing. He did an internal mistake on the social team took the video off immediately. Sorry, no announcements on our side, Chibo. PS4, of course, is the only platform the game has ever been officially announced for, so you can see why the tweet caused confusion. Although no logos for any other platform has appeared in trailers released thus far, Square Enix never explicitly said Final Fantasy VII Remake is a PX4 exclusive. The assumption was that it will launch first on the PS4 before com coming to other platforms. Indeed, the E3 2015 revealed trailer fe featured a play it first on PS4 stinger at the end, which points the game being a timed exclusive. It now appears that the timed exclusivity no either no longer exists or neg negligible enough that the other platforms could uh, advertise the remake's release. This may also be a simple screw up on Xbox ends, but only time will tell. Uh, this is what I've basically been saying from the get go. I don't understand. Why it is that Squeenix wants to oh, oops, only release this for the PS4? I think it's a silly move. I dropped oh, my phone. And just better I relationships, it, I would say, more than anything else. Yeah, I mean, it just makes sense to me to just release this. Sorry, uh, just release this on other platforms. I mean, I don't have a PS4. I have no intention of getting a PS4. I think though, I dropped my thing. Yeah, whatever. But anyway, uh, I, it just—it would just make more sense to be able to play it on whatever system you want to play it on. Yeah. So if I want to play it on my PC, I can play it on my PC. If I want to play it on my <laughs> Xbox, I should be able to play it on my Xbox. I mean, Final Fantasy has never been a console-exclusive game. I mean, it, the first bunch of games were on Nintendo. I mean, it's been basically a PlayStation exclusive sort of game for a while. I mean, Final Fantasy XI and Final Fantasy XIV have had PC releases. Mm -hmm. But all of like the mainstream just JRPG games have been on the PlayStation. And I get the fact that you want to continue with that. But I think at the same time, um, you, I think it's about time to be able to play your Final Fantasy games on whatever console you want. Final Fantasy XV is available on all all of the uh, Xbox One, PS4, PC, you can get it anywhere you want. Um, releasing it on PS4 first? Alright, cool. I get it. That's what you want to do. And I think that's fine, provided that you actually allow people who don't own these consoles a chance to play your game. Yeah. 
I mean, I, mean, that's, I, just, I don't think they would they would have done that anyways, really. Yeah, I mean, it just seems silly to me to just only make it on PS4. With as good as the game looks, you want to get it as many on on as many platforms as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. And I think this little bit of like, oh, Final Fantasy VII remake out through March uh, March third, twenty twenty, out Xbox One. I mean, pfft, come on now. Did you think people weren't going to see this? And oh, we're, we're just just mistake on marketing again. We didn't actually mean to do that. <laughs> sure, you didn't. Anyway, moving on. Nintendo is adding a rewind system feature to all NES games free on Switch, free Switch in Switch Online. Nintendo has debuted a new feature available to Nintendo Switch Online subscribers. Nintendo this week revealed that two NES classics coming. Uh, coming soon to the collection available on Nintendo Switch Online members. Nintendo is adding a rewind function that lets players replay any section of a level with a button press. Rewind can be activated by holding ZL and ZR, and it works similarly to the feature found on Capcom's Mega Man Legacy Collection and Nintendo's own SNES Mini. Hmm. You're able to seek through the timeline and resume from any moment. The NES Collection is on on online already supports save states so rewind is a nice addition the feature will be available beginning july 17th alongside the wrecking crew and donkey kong 3 the two new games coming to the collection it will however be will be usable in every game in the collection um i think this is cool honestly um it makes sense really for me this seems to me like it's going to be for somebody who wants to pick up like an NES game to speed run it, I think this is going to be a great way for you to be able to practice sections. Instead of having to do save states for everything, yeah. Yeah, like load up a state, play the thing, load up a state. You could just like boop, try this section, do it a different way. Boop, try the section, do it this way. Boop, do the section. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be just great for people who want to find new things to do in speed running. So, I don't know what other practical purposes it might have other than, like, oh, crap, I died. <clears throat> no, I didn't. <laughs> you know? Like, hey, I beat this game. I didn't cheat at all. And those two new games coming out there, that takes away one of my articles for later. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, they uh, I haven't Wrecking. played much Wrecking Crew, but Donkey Kong 3, uh, I played a little bit on uh, 42 and 1 back in the day. Yeah. That was the only way I ever had a chance playing it. It's actually, it's a fun game. I've speedrun that as well. I mean, it's, <laughs> I, I, I've played very little of it, so I, you know, really can't give you that much of a, oh, you know. The speedrun is fun, but the very first glitch you gotta do is very difficult. And then that right there, that'll give you the opportunity to say, hey, you know, I'm gonna whoop, try this glitch again. Oh, didn't do it right? Okay, try it again. Oh, I did it that time. Alright, let me try it again the same way. Oh, cool, now I can do this. So it'll be able to, like, for people who want these games for speedrunning, can build their muscle memory to be able to, you know, speedrun those games better. Yeah. I like this idea. I like it. I, I think too. it's gonna be, it's gonna nice. be a lot of fun. Um, Pokemon Go has made $2.65 billion in revenue <laughs> since it launched three years ago. Jesus. Pokemon Go continues to bring in the cash. The latest Sensor Tower report has estimated Pokemon Go has made $2.65 billion since its revenue since it launched three years ago. 
This means the players have spent an average of $2.4 million in the game daily since its launch. Wow. Sensor Tower has said that that's around $5 for each of its 521 million downloads. According to estimates, the United States has accounted for 35% of the gross spending, close to $928 million in the game. Players in Japan have contributed $779 million, which is 29%, and Germany, $159 million, 6%. billion of revenue came through Google Play, followed by $1.12 billion from iOS users. Just this year alone, the game has grossed almost $400 million globally, which is up 19% year over year. Petro <laughs> Towers expects Pokemon Go to hit $3 billion in player spending by the year's end. That's crazy. Holy crap! Oh really? My God. Damn, guys! Holy crap! People love I mean, Pokemon. The game is three years old at this point. I'm not going to lie to tell you that I didn't play this game, because I did. Like, me and my wife were super huge on Pokemon Go. We were like, hey, it's one o'clock in the morning, we're bored. I'm going to go drive out to the supermarket and see what's out there in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, we did that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah, so hey, did we. You want to drive downtown? Do you want to go drive downtown down Main Street and get all of the Pokestops? Yes. Yeah, let's go do it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. And one person drives and one person gets a phone in each finger and just yep. tap, 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 yep. tap, 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 tap. That's exactly what we did. And I'm telling you for damn sure, we spent an uh, hour making a four-block circuit just to hit the Pokestops. Like, uh, for sure. Absolutely. And we were like, we. I'm going to tell you that I actually didn't put any money into this game. No, neither But right. I know there are people... Three years into this game in my local gaming community, like my local card store and stuff like that, who are very avid players of this game and still play it every single day. And I can't imagine that these people haven't put any money into it. So, I mean, it's just crazy. 521 million downloads at $5 a piece. Holy crap. Like... You go, Pokemon Go, I suppose. I mean, that's just... That's crazy. If you would have told me three years ago that Pokemon Go was going to gross $3 billion in three and a half years, I would have called you a liar. Like, just straight up dead. There's no way. You thought about this game going to make billions of dollars? I don't think so. What? Like, now? They're talking about $3 billion. <laughs> like, woo! Like I said, it's Pokemon. Everyone loves Pokemon. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Alright, uh, moving on. Cuphead is going to be getting its own animated series on Netflix. That sounds awesome. Uh, Netflix has announced a new animated series based on the studio MDHR developed Cuphead. The popular indie game is getting its own animated series on Netflix called The Cuphead Show. The character-driven comedy show will follow the misadventures of Cuphead and his cautious but easily swayed brother, <laughs> Magnum, across their home, the Inkwell Isles. When IGN asked studios at H or MDHR to elaborate on the next Netflix announcement, the site was told the series will be safe for kids, but written so that there will also be things that are funny for adults and appear to a wider audience. Netflix said that the series will expand on the characters and the world of Cuphead, and will be developed by King Feature Syndicate. C.J. Kettler will also serve as the executive producer and, and Cuphead series Chad and Jared Mordenhaller, 
will serve as the executive producers for Studio MDHR. The series will be produced by Netflix Animation and is exclusively produced by Dave Watson and Cosmo Sturgeon. Who were, uh, Dave Watson was Mickey Mouse Shorts and Cosmo Sturgeon. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Sergerson. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Cosmo Sergerson. I'm sorry. Who is uh, who has animated for modern life static claim? They will serve as the co-producers. To date, Cuphead, so Cuphead has sold over 4 million units worldwide and has won over 20 awards. It's available on PC, Xbox One, and Switch, and its expansion, The Delicious Last Course, is expected next year. Um, oh, for, yeah. as huge as, for as huge as this game is, I'm not really all that surprised. Just something to do with the series that's just, hey, we're super popular. Let's make something else out of it. Everybody's going to love it. <laughs> that's I mean, true. I mean, I can't see this being terrible. I don't think it's necessary. But, I mean, yeah, if, if any video game shows ever taught us anything is that they don't last long. But oh, we're no. in a new era where that stuff is a little bit more acceptable than it was back in the 80s and 90s. Right. So things like and Mega Man, Mario Bros., Super Mario Bros. 3, Legend of Zelda, Captain Anne, all that stuff flubbed after, like, two seasons. This yeah. could last because there's people are actually more into gaming. It's more acceptable. Parents are, are fine with it. Back in the day, it was like, oh, I'm going to have fuck out of the house and blow the stink off and you're like, Jesus, alright. Yeah. <laughs> what it's worth, it's like, gaming back in the day, where it's like, it was a kid's thing. You know, the kids play on the Nintendo and the parents read the newspaper, stuff like that. Nowadays, you know, let's say 20 or 30 years later, a lot more parents are the gamers now. Yep. You know? And a lot, uh, it's, uh, honestly, I think it's time for this sort of stuff to become more and more mainstream. I think it's time for them to start doing things that are more experimental with this sort of stuff. And I'm looking at you, Nintendo. We need a Legend of Zelda B. What are you waiting for? I mean... I think Metroid would, you... would also make a very... Oh, God, yes. Very Especially... good sci-fi show. Oh, yeah. Really good. Especially for how deep the Metroid War is, you yeah. definitely could go over some of like the smaller elements of Samus's life. Like, you could do, you could dedicate an entire season to her growing up on Chozodia. I mean, th that whole thing with like her interaction with the Chozos—it's like you have to understand that would be like a super deep and super dark series because for what it's worth. For Samus to be able to be prepared for this Chozo armor, she went through some really rigorous training, and it was probably, there were a lot of things in her training that were, like, horrific. And some of the things that she had to do to become mentally and physically able to handle the Chozo armor. Not to and mention think, all like, the other shit in the game itself, like Mother Brain, how did she come to be? Ridley, who's basically a fucking smart pterodactyl. I mean, right. come on. I, I want to see the planet where Ridley came from and all the fucking pterodactyl people. That sounds fucking amazing. Right? <laughs> and just being able to take your take your IP and just like, expand it in such a way that, like, hey, we're going to, like, describe the intricacies of this, you know? How Mother Brain came to be. Explain to the people how Mother Brain was technically a good guy character first, you know? Because, you know, if you know anything about the Metroid lore, Mother Brain wasn't always an antagonist. But, you know, certain things happened and she gained more sentience over time and was like, you know what, fuck you people. And, you know, and 
how SR388 ended up being the planet that it is and stuff like that, you absolutely could. And Zelda could just be its own new story, you know? Mm -hmm. Just the Zelda, like, Zelda blah 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 of the blah 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 time sword thingy, you know? <laughs> Whatever, you know? You just have these IPs that you could absolutely do things with. So oh, Cuphead being one of those where it's like it's so popular that it's being installed in cars. <laughs> yeah. That, Going over right. that again. So, all right, anyway, moving on. Uh, some gym trainers will be exclusive to Pokemon Sword and other to Pokemon Shield. That's weird. Uh, some of the gym leaders in Sword and Shield will only be available on one of the two versions. Hmm. The latest Pokemon Sword and Shield trainer showing off the new are uh, Alcarim, Yampler, uh, Roly Coley, and Duradolon. I don't. I've had trouble with these new names, by, by the way. Alcreamy, Yamper, Roly Coley, and Duradolon. I don't know. Uh, new Pokemon that they released, by the way. Uh, the Pokemon Company has also revealed a big change coming with the game. Certain trainers will be exclusive to Sword, where others will only be found in Shield. This is not a universal rule, however, as most trainers will be available in both, both versions, but locking trainers behind one of the two is certainly new. In the trailer, we got to look at the fight type bay, uh, uh, at the fight type bay in Pokemon Sword and the Goth Ghost type Alistair for Shield. Uh, the gym for each uh, respective trainer will also reflect their color their their themes in its colors, which we will also get a brief look at in the trainer. Uh, in the trainer, the trailer. Good grief. <laughs> Uh, for more on Pokemon Sword and Shield, including the new features, the major changes like the lack of some Pokemon in the roster, and much more, there are links to be found. Pokemon Sword and Shield it will be out on November 15th on the Switch. Uh, there he is. They're dirty to learn. I think this is a good addition. I think this is uh, inspiring people to play both versions of the game, not just one. Uh, for what it's worth, I have always, you know, my wife and I have always been, uh, you get one, I get the other, and we don't mess around with anything. You keep yours, I keep mine, and we never play the other one. And See, That's why they're doing this, is they want to make more right. money. It's a, it's, it's a great way to make you know, to force people. I mean, they were always about that, anyways. Oh, you can only get some of this one, and only some of this one. So if you buy both, then you can get some in both, all of them. Then, like, yeah, mm -hmm. okay. So you basically asked me to buy two. Now they're like, oh, hey, guess what? Same thing. But hey, trainers are yeah, trainers too now. So another uh, reason to get both of them. All right, please. And, and uh, this it makes perfect sense, honestly, on a business you know, on yep. a business scale. That's just saying, hey, if you want to experience all of the gym trainers, you're going to have to buy both versions. Hey, we're already so, making three billion dollars of Pokemon Go. We need more money, all right? We're, we're right, some, yeah. We need more money. So, this is definitely going to be something that I feel is going to be another bit of controversy when it comes to Pokemon, with them removing the national decks from the game. But I think the players are going to find themselves like, hey, you know, cool. This is going to be something different. I think that's that. I think that's the main thing that the that Pokemon players are going to be at odds with me about is that I think all of these changes are good changes. You know, 
there has it just been the basic public backlash. Hey, no national decks, so blah blah blah. It's like, yeah, but have you read or listened to why? You know, I think this is a great idea, changing up the fact that there are going to be different trainers in different worlds. You know, so and it will definitely inspire me to go. Hey, I'll just play both versions of the game. Just wait you know? to see the next Pokemon dev to come out and have their own SSN as their own yacht. Well, it's a cruise <laughs> ship, but hey, I'm calling it a yacht for now. <laughs> so, anyway. So, here's my second chance, folks. <laughs> I'm actually going to give you some blue protocol stuff that isn't stuff we've talked about already. Alright? We just learned a blue protocol last week. Maybe the week before. And it's already been gearing up for an alpha only in Japan, though. Uh, the game was announced a week ago, and it's an mm -hmm. online action RPG co-developed by Bando Namkai and Bando Namkai Studio. Bando Namkai, oh my god. Bando Namkai. Alright, let me try this one again, guys. The game was announced a week ago, and it is an online action RPG co-developed by Bandai Namco Online and Bandai Namco Studios. Right now, it's only confirmed for a release in Japan. Uh, now we have our first look at character creator, some screenshots, and even a trailer. Here's the character creator, as shown in a tweet from the official Blue Protocol account, which you're seeing on the screen at the moment. And also, there is, uh, down at the bottom of it, is going to be an actual gameplay trailer. Uh, we also have our first proper trailer, showing the game's gorgeous anime art. Uh, we get a lot of cinematic footage, hmm. but we also get what looks like some combat. Cool, it though. looks like fun. I didn't get to see this yet, so I'm actually very... They only just showed us a screenshot last time, which is kind uh, of... Yeah, they, basically the screenshots that they have down at the bottom of the article is pretty much the same stuff as they had before. But in Japan, players will now sign up for a closed beta alpha at the game's official site. The alpha will Whoa. run from July 26th to 28th. Minimum recommended specs are Intel Core i5-750 CPU, 8 gigs of RAM, and an NVIDIA GeForce 960 TB, or 4GB, or AMD Radon R9 380 4GB for video. Hopefully we'll know a bit more about this game on the other side of its alpha. No release date has been announced, and we're unsure of whether we will get a release out to Japan. Um, looks good. Just look at it, guys. Just look at it, guys. This game looks so cool. Oh. I really, really, really hope that they bring this game outside of Japan because it just looks so damn cool. I have a boner. Right? Does it not look awesome? Oh, yeah, dude. I mean... Excuse me, sorry. But I don't care if it's an MMO. I'd rather play it standalone, honestly. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it, it looks so awesome, and I really, really hope... Please, Japan, please give us this. Please, 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 please. So, I just thought I'd give you guys something a little bit, um, you know, new when it comes to protocol. And I will definitely be keeping an eye on this myself because this is, again, something that I'm really... I love myself in JRPGs, so... Especially JRPG MMOs. I've played a few in my time, so... I definitely will keep you guys up on updated on that when I get new news. Uh... Ooh, did you Next up, enjoy this? Yeah, uh, Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth Complete Edition brings two good PS4 RPGs to Switch and PC this year. A collection of both Digimon Story games is coming to the Switch and PC this year, widening the audience for those well-liked RPGs. 
Digimon Story games in this collection, Cyber Sleuth and its sequel, Cyber Sleuth Hacker's Memory, will be available on PC and Switch for the first time at the end of this year. These two Cyber Sleuth games are RPGs in which you have your Digimon battle other creatures and explore a video game representation of the internet to solve mysteries. Both games reviewed well and are generally held up as strong entries into the Digimon series. Uh, you are looking right now at the trailer for the upcoming release. The game will release on October 18th. It's not clear if uh, either game's DLCs will be included, but the use of the word complete seems to hint at it. Both games originally received additional Digimon after the release. Uh, while neither game is set in the world of, or set the world alight, they are perfectly solid RPGs, and fans of the series will likely enjoy them. Of course, Pokémon Sword and Shield come out November 15th on the Switch, so theoretically the two Mon franchises will be going head to head. Can Digimon survive with this slight head start? Uh, both games are currently available now on PS4 and. PlayStation Vita. <laughs> I mean, I am not going to sit here and profess to you guys that I know anything about Digimon because I was a hardcore Pokemon player and Digimon was like a swear word in my <laughs> household growing up. So, uh, but the games look really good and, you know, something that I may actually, now that I'm a mature adult and realize that there are more than just one game franchise out there. But I could actually give these sort of games a try. I mean, they look pretty cool, and I really like the art style to them. Yeah, I, so, I was going to say the same thing to Art, and this looks really good. And, you know, looks like they're funny in Japanese anime, anime life. Isn't this thing, it looks so like you're playing an anime game. Right, right. <laughs> That's kind of like why like Persona, I think, looked really good for me, too, like Persona 5, because of like how its art style was. So the this one, may please. also be something. I mean, come on, dude. Look at this. She slid up in a car with her fucking titties hanging out. I mean, come on. <laughs> anime waifus, guys. Do you need any other reason? <laughs> yeah, I, I know Digimon and all that stuff, but anime waifus. <laughs> How can you go wrong? <laughs> but uh, yeah, November or uh, um, uh, October eighteenth will be when uh, these games come out. And uh, that gives you a month before Sword and Shield, so maybe that'll be what you need to, like, give yourself that little bit of time you need between Sword and Shield and, you know, October. So, uh, there is, uh, there's no word on how much these are going to be, just that it'll be, they will be uh, coming out October 18th. But if I, do, if I do get any new information on this, I will make, I will make sure to keep you guys updated. Mm-hmm. Um... Next up, Fire Emblem Three Houses is reportedly 80 hours Jesus. long. Fire Emblem Three Houses could be the longest title in the series yet. The latest Fire Emblem game is due to release July 26th, and according to the director, Toki, er, Toshiyuki Kasa, Kasakiri, Kasakihara, Kusakihara, Kusakihara, it's going to be a very long game. In an interview with the French site Jou Video, Jou Video is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, I'm not the French guy here. Okay, uh, <laughs> according to the French site Jou Video, uh, Kasuki Hara has spoken about the game's approximate length. Now, in an interview, when it's French, the interview is in French, but we have the translation of the nugget of info, at least from Stealth on Twitter. Uh, the director of Fire Emblem Three Houses said it took him 80 hours just to beat one of the house paths without skipping cutscenes. 
also uncertain of how many of the side quests of the stories he did. Uh, for comparison, uh, it takes about 50 hours to beat Fire Emblem Awakening on hard classic mode or on higher difficulty and permadeath enabled. If you want to see absolutely everything in Three Houses has to offer, it will take even longer than that. Early in the game, you choose between one of the epitomous three houses, Black Eagles, the Lions, or the Golden Deer. And the plot differs depending on your choice. This will, no doubt, be incentive for some players to go all the way through the game three times. For more insight, you can read into uh, VG247's own interview with the producer about Fire Emblem Three Houses. We discussed the success of The Awakening, of Awakening, the work Koei Tecmo put into that game, and all the changes and additions made for the latest title. Fire Emblem Three Houses launched exclusively on the Switch later this month, returning to the series' home console for the first time since 2007's Radiant Dawn. Mm-hmm. Whew! That's gonna be 80 hour fun. Fire Emblem, man? Holy cow! I've never played any Fire Emblem game yet. I've played Shining Force before, and I've been told that it's basically... They're the same thing, but oh, obviously, uh, Fire Emblem's been along around much longer than oh, yeah. Shining Force. So yeah, it's something I, I've always wanted to get into, but again, lack of time. So yeah, and can you imagine a game that you've played for like sixty hours? You're like, oh man, eighty hour game, sixty hours. They're going to be the psychopaths who play this game with permadeath on. Mm-hmm. You freaking imagine? Like, holy crap. <laughs> DB Well, eight minute speedrun gets discovered in a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It's probably true. You know how these speedrunners are. Hey, 80 hour game. Yeah, man, that's my new PB. It's it's eight minutes and 24 seconds. I found a yes! death credit script. Yes. Yeah, that. <laughs> or everybody dies percentage, you know? If Mappy Land can have baseball percent, Fuck. Fire Emblem's can have everybody die. The game percent. is not in the list this week, thank God. Oh my lord. The first <laughs> time since we've started. Yeah. So anyway, last uh, last little bit of information that I have to report to you guys, and because Ooh. this gets close home for me, uh, Tetris 99, Ooh. the free-to-play Switch Puzzle Royale, continues to expand into a more traditional Tetris game via paid DLC. Mm. Uh, in Tetris 99, which was a huge and weirdly compelling which is weird and cheaply compelling, blah, blah, It's a new kind of Tetris game. With each piece of DLC, though, it becomes a bit more fleshed out, also a bit more familiar. First piece of DLC, Big Block, added a marathon mode, uh, a versus CPU mode, which is likely online, but offline. We also knew that another mode would be coming, though it makes sense that the another piece of DLC has been announced on Nintendo's Jap Japanese site. No specific date yet, beyond the fact that it will be available before the end of the year. It carries 1,000 yen price point, which probably means it'll cost roughly $10, the same as Big Block. According to the translated version of the page, a whole new mode will be added to enjoy offline with friends and family. Uh, we imagine that this means it'll add offline multiplayer mode. This is likely to be the final DLC for Tetris 99, and hopefully we'll get more specific details about it soon. I can already say one thing about that right now. This is the perfect type of thing to have at barcades. Oh my god, yes. Just playing yes. against people within the barcade? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. People jump all over that. It's like, hey, man, I'm drunk as hell. Let's play some Tetris. You know how many people are going to be like, fuck yeah, let's do <laughs> some Tetris. <laughs> yeah, you're right. 
It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's the like my only little problem bit of problem about that is that it, how many multiplayer offline people yeah. are you going to be able to play? Yeah, um, I want the same thing. I I hope it's four. I would imagine it would be. I would, I would, I would so. imagine it would be four. That just kind of makes the most amount of sense. So. Two is just really sad. Yeah, it's just only like head to head. It just doesn't seem to make that much sense. So like, it needs to be four player, and it needs to you know even if like you could figure out a way to make it eight player, I think that would be great. Or but... even uh, if you could uh, join any like local switches, like if you right. have one upstairs and one downstairs, then I mean hey, then you that can would double make... up on that. Make it eight players, no problem. Yeah, so I think that would be great. Like two switches, four players on each switch, eight players, two, uh, two, uh, four on one screen, four on another screen. Seems a great idea. I hope that's really what happens. So um, that's it for my articles, and we will uh, now throw it over to OWG for some new world records. Indeed, not many this week, though. It's very short. Compared to every other week, this is going to be a very short list of six games. <clears throat> so, first up, we're starting with Kabuki Quantum Fighter, which I think, I believe, if I remember correctly, switched hands. Um, any percent at 9 minutes 55 seconds by Callum Bull. Uh, next is Roller Games, T-Birds Only. Uh, 16 minutes 37 seconds by Varus Returns. Uh, I'm pretty sure Varus um, has been doing uh, roller games. I'm pretty sure he has world record for most of the categories for that game. Uh, next up is Golf Grand Slam Tournament Percent. Originally uh, it, w it was by Toad, but then out of nowhere with a 13 minute time, Stormcrow 56k took it back. Um, next up is Darkwing Duck. Any percent? That seems to be uh, that's showed up a couple times in the podcast in the couple past couple of weeks. Uh, with a time of eleven minutes forty nine point one eight three seconds by Zymond. Uh Next is Quattro Adventures Linus Spacehead in nine minutes fifteen seconds by FCJ two thousand. And our last world record is. Silent Service, Torpedo Gun Practice, 1 minute 15.8 seconds by Batro. <laughs> I'm sorry, but some of the fucking categories that people go after are just... <sighs> really? Like, that's a cat. Are you really, like, are you saying, like, Hey, guys, oh, you got you got your Mario 3? Okay, you got this? Okay, I'm, I've got Silent Service, Torpedo Gun Practice, like... All right, Scare, that's impressive, is it? <laughs> I I have I have Magic School Bus on Sega Genesis, easy. Yay! That's what I want to be known for. I've right? a record for Magic School Bus. That's what I'm saying. Like I just done because I was like, oh no, I'm done that. Okay, I'll just do it just because I, I think I was doing a marathon oh. at the time. Uh good stuff. Uh, DP Whale has let us know in the chat that the uh, big run happened. Uh, Zelda Ocarina of Time, any percent as well. Uh, first sub, 17 minutes at 16 minutes and 58 oh, seconds. Oh, wow. We will have to uh, we'll have to get a name for that real quick. Uh, speed. Now, speed, the reason uh, we don't give updates to every console is because there will be that would be basically an entire podcast. Oh, God, uh, yeah. Plus, we only have uh, the speedrun robot provided to us by Schema. 
Um, he has it on our Discord uh, so that we can see all the new NES World Records as they come in, uh, so that we right. never miss any of them. Oh, the uh, the player of that it's eighteen or sixteen minutes fifty eight seconds by Torge from Norway. So mm -hmm. congratulations on the first ever sub seventy. Indeed. Um. But yeah, uh, there are going to be some things that we're not going to include, such as hacks. Mm -hmm. Because, again, that could be one of those things that could end up being more than we need kind of thing. So. Right. Uh, mostly our world records are going to be like NES world records, but something yeah. like along the lines of our sub-17 for Ocarina of Time. Yeah, if someone wants to you know, give us the info on that, I mean, I'm, I'm always down for that. Yeah. So. All right. Everybody's favorite segment. Mm. Oh, it's your favorite segment. Oh, it's my yeah. favorite segment. It is. I don't care what anybody else thinks. It's my favorite segment. Mm. It's time for the Steam Cue. Oh, and I can already see we're off to a great start. Mm -hmm. Earth Defense Force 5. Uh. Sure. Oh, God, it's. <laughs> Duke Nukem Forever. <laughs> Holy shit, what the hell's going on here? Scott's all like, I want to play this stuff. <laughs> what the I fuck? Mean, I mean, I do, and I don't. This looks silly as hell. It really does, so ignore. Alright, mm -hmm. moving on. We've already talked about this game. I'm actually going to be talking about it a little bit later. It was just released a few days ago. And we had oh, the, Blazing the, Chrome. Yeah, we yes. had the podcast last week. Absolutely. I've watched a few people play this on stream already. How's it look? Oh, it's good. It's worth every penny. Yeah. It's almost $20 Canadian. I can guarantee you, you will not be disappointed. Oh, man. Will not. Whatsoever. 100% recommended, everybody. I will give you the heads up on that right now. Worth getting. Alright. <coughs> take a look. So, add to my wish list. Fuck yeah. Yes, sir. It's a Contra S game. It goes onto my wish list anyway. Oh, King of Retail. Oh, are you serious? What? It... What? 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 Unfortunately, what? I can only click ignore once, and if I click it twice, it's this. Is so. this like? Is this Supermarket Simulator? Is this what I'm seeing? Oh, no, it's no, this is retail simulator, Scott. You can sell T-shirts or oh, panties, oh, belts. I'm, I'm sorry. Is this Apple Store simulator? Apple Store doesn't <laughs> sell all that stuff. <laughs> Anyways, no, it's not happening. Is this the sharper image? <laughs> okay. I'm pretty sure I've also uh, I've also given this story to you guys before. I have nothing against any sports games. I'm not going to add to my wish list, but I'm not also going to ignore it. I also can't believe the fact that Zion Williamson has not played a single game in the NBA and is on the cover of NBA 2K20. Also, Dwayne Wade, really? Dwayne Wade? Like, what, from a different Dwayne, world? Like, oh, sorry, no, my bad. Dwayne Wade. But, like, <laughs> how big is this freaking dude going to be? Like, that he's already on the cover of NBA 2K20? I mean, like, man, come on. It's, what the fuck? Anyways, I played, uh... <laughs> I played a demo of an NBA game back in the day. Oh, 
Oh, what a masterpiece. The, those faces when they're going in for slam dunk, and they're just like... Um, I'll be honest with you. I really have only ever played two basketball games. I played NBA Jam, and I played NBA Hangtime. Oh, I played uh, a few on Genesis, but... Um, uh, NBA Jam is just kind of like the only way I ever want to play basketball. And uh, I'm not, not NBA Hangtime, uh, NBA on NBC, which was the, uh, the arcade version of kind um, of like the NBA Jam sort of thing. Yeah. So it's it's an it's an NBA Jam clone, but it's it's a little bit more in depth than NBA Jam was and that's really the only way I like playing basketball games when it's like, you know, superimposed onto like stupid character sprites and, you know, whatever. That's that's my thing. Actual sports simulators, not so much, you know. Mm. Uh, I've never played an MLB game outside of Slugfest, which is basically the, the the MLB version of NBA Jam, so oh. you know. Ken Griffey's Home Run Derby on N64 was fun. I Yeah, I never played that. Actually, um, N64 had a lot of those weird fucking games yeah, that were more yeah, fun yeah. than you expect, like Destruction Derby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that game was so much fun. It's like, the name is literally just Destruction uh, Wayne Gretzky Derby. 3D Hockey, which was <laughs> like the NBA Jam of Hockey. So... You know, NFL Blitz. I played the crap out of NFL Blitz. I mean, come on, man. It's game's so good. Game's so fun. Woo. Well, uh, right, Mario, go. Mario Soccer. There you go. There's another another good one. What the Before fuck? What? Code of Duty? What is happening? Why? Yeah. How does this is get this, accepted? Is this, is this called Duty with Goats? This looks like the greatest of all time, man. You haven't clicked ignore yet, Stefan. I'm looking at how fucking ridiculous this looks, man. Why did... Okay, that was not bad. Oh, you're gonna explode in a chunk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <coughs> I think back everything said is actually... What now? What? Okay, they... <laughs> Oh. <laughs> See? <laughs> oh shit! Oh. Oh. oh shit! Oh my god, she sees red. Oh. Oh. I'm sorry, I'm so This looks more like a movie. Scott can't get over it. We broke Scott. I'm sorry. Broke Scott with Code of Duty. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck. This looks like I'm watching back a movie. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I can't. Oh, I can't, I can't it kind of looks like it looks like LA Noir. It's just one of those sort of games. Oh god. Oh, that hit me in such a way. I don't know oh why yeah. By the way, I just seen this recently that this came out. <coughs> And yeah. Uh, oh, it's Eagle Island. Yeah, I've seen some stuff on this too. It looks this really looks good. So good. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, I am so sorry, guys. I don't know why that was so funny to me. I apologize for anybody listening to the podcast. I, I am so sorry. Oh my god, that hit me. Like that last little tidbit with the goat just flying into <laughs> space. Just fucking. Just, it hit me. What now, oh. sir? And his head explodes? Oh my god, that was so funny. Uh, make oh. butter together. Uh, excuse me? 
No, 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 I'm, no, I'm, no. I'm We're trying. gonna remove to the next one. I'm trying. What the what? fuck? Stop. Make butter together. Tourist bus simulator. Okay, here's my question. Why? Why? Okay, for a second. Just okay. We get Eagle Island. We get fucking the Contra thing. And then we, we get, get the fucking goat the thing. We get the this. We get simulator. Like, what? <laughs> Torque bus simulator. No. Oh my god. Uh, Metaverse Keeper. What the f- What in the world is this? Dungeon Crawler with roguelike elements where four heroes join forces to save the Metaverse. Okay. Well. Alright. Come on now. Pitter patter. Let's see, see, uh, let's see some gameplay here. Please. Gameplay? Game okay. Gameplay, game please. Oh, okay. Um, you know what this? You know what this kind of reminds me of? Kind of reminds me of Enter the Gun. Yeah. Which which isn't a bad thing because Enter the Gungeon's actually. Oh yeah, game. no, it is it's a good game. But it's actually there's a lot of these top-down shooter dungeon-like games now. Yeah, it's... I'm not gonna lie, this actually doesn't look terrible. Yeah, it's not something I would play. Uh, well, I don't say I, I shouldn't say I wouldn't play it. Like if someone said, "Here's the game. Can you play this with me until we finish it all?" I'd be like, "All right." But I mean, I, I wouldn't go out of my way to get it myself, I don't think. Yeah, I would. I could try this. I definitely would play this. Alright, so, uh, Pyrax. I'm pretty sure we usually make, like, lasagna in these Pyrax. That's Pyrex. It's with an E. I got what you were doing. I, I, I just. I have to throw. What the fuck's going on? Uh, ignoring. What 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 is the point? And demons still. You... We already seen this one last week. Uh oh, I forgot about demons till. Damn, I'm gonna write this down a second See, you time. You need to go back and listen to the podcast in the middle of the week when you're well, really dallying with your fireman on fucking Diablo three. I well yeah I know. I know. Then you find all those games that we keep saying are awesome. You'd be like, oh, I I know I know I know. No, I don't about the fireman Diablo three anymore. Tilt. Now, mind you, okay, guys, I have this on a sticky note, alright? I have this on a. It's now <laughs> I going have on, on my monitor. It's now going on my monitor, alright? Over here. Demon's Tilt. There. I cannot possibly forget about it now. I will definitely try it and definitely let you guys know. Alright. And <laughs> for those of you, you know. <coughs> Listening to him talking about the Diablo three, this is my um, this is my goblin hunting route. So you know, <laughs> I might play a little Diablo three now. We're gonna get in the news now. Yes, yes, please. All right, this is the first piece of news I'm gonna put in from the people, uh, some people that I know, uh, Mega uh, Cat Studios. They put out fantastic retro inspired games on actual retro cards. I have a complete copy of Logjammers and Little Medusa for Sega Genesis. Logjammers is for the NES. They are both under respective uh, carts and they also come like in their respective cases. Fantastic people. Um, this is their new game. 
Uh, Phantom Gear. It looks good. Well, <laughs> let's just throw on the, the... It's only 45 seconds, so let's yeah. just throw it on. So, Phantom Gear, uh, it, they're starting a Kickstarter for this very soon, so we will be featuring the Kickstarter as well. But yeah, retro indie publisher Megacat Studios and Bits Rule Games are hoping to launch a new but very old school platformer called Phantom Gear and the Sega Mega Drive. New games for old consoles are popular at the minute. Uh, the game is made up of a mix of elements from your favorite pl classic action platformers. You'll find multiple weapons, permanent upgrades, boss fights, animated cutscenes, skill progression, and more all present here. You'll need to lock and load to power your way through levels and use abilities to search for collectibles along the way. Uh, they'll be doing their Kickstarter um, on 16th of July, so we probably will be featuring it next week. Um, the Kickstarter aims to cost to cover the game's development, uh, manufacturing the carts, and creating the box. So, again, as I said, they always do that, and they always look so good. Always, always, always. Like, I mean, the game the game seemed very, very nicely. Yeah, and all their games are always well done. They have quite a few under their belt. It's not like the, this is, like, their third or fourth game. This is, like, their 12th or 13th. Like, it, it's, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Mega Cat Studios. Yeah, they just, they, it looks, it looks really nice. It looks, you know, art, like aesthetically it looks nice. So definitely we will give you guys a look at that Kickstarter next week. And Indeed. It starts in two days. So if you want to get ahead of, the, of, of everyone, there you go. Mm -hmm. Here's something that's kind of cool. Nike is releasing Air Max inspired by the Nintendo 64 generation. According to House mm. of Heat, Nike is releasing Air Max 97 inspired by the Nintendo 64. Both the shoes and the system were released months apart back in 96-97, so it's fitting to see the generational icons honoring the era together. The gray in the shoe symbolizes the system's controller, and the splash of green, blue, red, and yellow is inspired by the Nintendo 64's logo. On the tongue, there are three black dots representing the controller inputs, along with the power and reset button on the side of the shoe that's an ESRB-style rating, and on the heel is a Nintendo-shaped Air Max logo, as we can see here. Whoa! <laughs> there's a power and there's our reset. Nintendo 64 Air Max 97 will set you back $170. And are expected to arrive in select stores and on Nike.com over the coming months. House of Heat also speculates the potential release could align with the console's 23rd birthday on 26th of September. That would be kind of cool. What is what it's worth? Like, custom... You know, custom Nikes like this for being one hundred and seventy dollars. That's not bad. Not that unreasonable. No, it's not so for for something like special like this. Like you know, like if you keep them for going to gaming events and like you know SGDQ yeah, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that, and only use it for that kind of stuff, then yeah, that'd be well worth your money. Mm. Pretty cool <laughs> looking, uh, I will say. I like them. Oh yeah. 
Alright, next up, we have our Indie Retro News from IndieRetroNews.com. Always showing us lots of awesome, awesome new games. The Shadow... What the fuck? The moth just tried to fly, I think, into my mouth. Anyways... <laughs> Shadow over Hawksmill, a dark C64 Cthulhu-inspired game, is teased once more. Alright. Argus, Organism, Sizzler, and Rocky Memphis, The Legend of Atlantis, are some truly great games created by Stuart Collier, Trevor Story, and Saul Cross. While we wait for Dragonspire to be finished, it looks as if another game is coming out too that is sure to excite many in the C64 community. As thanks to another heads up from Icon64, they have given us another update to the upcoming game of the Shadow over Hawksmill, Cthulhu-based C64 horror, which will be using the Legend of Atlantis engine, but with far more action. Sadly, that's all we know about the game, going by the fact it's still in the development stage, but the Shadow over Hawksmill wasn't the only game keeping us excited, as while we delight ourselves looking at screenshots above, we are still waiting for the upcoming game, Warrior of the Sun, an isometric, the last ninja-inspired game, except you, you playing as a Mayan warrior, complete with ancient tombs and deadly enemies. So let's have a look at this. Come oh, it's not much bigger than what was on screen there, but it doesn't look terrible. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. I mean, for C64, it's actually, mm -hmm. you know, the title screen right there, I mean, alone gives me like, hey, I'm not big on horror, but I'm going to give this game a try. Oh, really it looks nice. like you're using machine gun a lot, too, as a main weapon. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, you're <laughs> trying to mow down Cthulian monsters. You just bring whatever is most efficient, I suppose. That's true. <laughs> That'll mow them down. Ooh, ooh. Here's a nice new one. Gibbous, another Cthulhu adventure with upwards of 70 voiced characters coming August 7th. All right. It all started when I. Okay, let's take it. There we go. So here's the trailer, I guess, for it. I guess. So it's like a point-and-click Monkey Island type thing. I, I know some people out there who like point-and-clicks. Mr. Six. <laughs> Looking at you, Steve. What was blue? Oh, the cat was giving the finger. Jesus. <laughs> I was like, what was that? <laughs> oh, I can see that there's going to be lots of comedy in this. What it looks like. The cat being the main part. Yeah, right? It's <laughs> looks pretty neat. I, like I just lost my daily thanks, God. Sorry about that, man. <laughs> this looks really, really cool. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not, like, 100% like into the Cthulian-based sort of world, but this actually looks really, really neat. Yeah. Kind of, you know, like, like Monkey Island, like you said, and it kind of gives me, like, um... Shoot. Uh, the hell was that? Don Blue game for the arcade. Uh, Dragon's Lair? Dragon's Lair, thank you, thank you. Yeah. That gives me a little bit of, like, an error to that, too. So, I mean... Looks really, really nice. So yeah, getting the release date of August 7th, according to the description, give us is a comedic cosmic horror game. Modern adventure that is classically inspired with features, gorgeous, hand-painted, detailed environments, fluid and detailed animation, upwards of 70 fully voiced characters, a special guest appearance by Doug Cockle, voice of The Witcher. Oh, wow. 
Over four hours of lush music, dynamic lighting, and weather systems, and a lengthy story that will see the three protagonists travel around the world and deal with abominations, both cosmic and human-made, voodoo, and things that should not be. So yeah, if you're into that kind of thing, uh, yeah, th this should be something you should look into. It looks really good as well. Like the art style is fantastic. You're not gonna wait long for it. August August eighth for a release date, so it's only a couple weeks from now. Seven. Or August? Uh, yeah, seven. I'm sorry. You trying to set everyone back a whole day? How dare you, yeah. sir? I just wanted to be the first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Athenor 2, The Legend of the Birdman, a new adventure game coming to the Amiga. If you're bored of hearing about action games and platformers, then listen up. As we just found out, <laughs> Sapphire Games will be bringing the text-based adventure game Athanor 2, The Legend of the Birdman, to the Atari ST and Commodore Amiga. Uh, with the game being uh, programmed in C, this game that is... Uh, this game that is currently being shown in French is the sequel to the 2015-2016 game Athenor uh, that was released on the Amstrad, CPC, Auric, and yes, even the C64. Let's have a look at this, because this looks like it could be interesting. Oh, it's all in French. I can understand that. It's going to say quiet. Yeah, right. Okay, never mind. I was just trying to tell you what's, what you can see in all the directions. It looks nice. Yeah, it doesn't look terrible at all. I, see, I would play this. I love the, like, this old saw like this. I don't know, there's just something... <laughs> just, just something about it that just yes. makes me want to play it. Oh, oh, it's over already. Oh, it is. Whatever, <laughs> man. Uh, although the preview footage above is currently in French and previewed on the Amiga, um, Ethanor 2 will not only feature a typical 80 style North South East command interface of adventure games of old, but from what we can tell, unlike the first game, will also feature full mouse control and rich dialogues and phases of gameplay. As for the team behind the upcoming game, they are Francois Guthels uh, from Atari ST Graphs, Angel Bautista. Uh, for illustrations, and Hervé Monchatre uh, for music. Detailed info. Uh, the video shows the game running directly onto the scenario data, the Atari ST version, all the data. Oh, okay, it's just more or less saying what, what's in the game. That's great. For some reason, it's yet to be investigated. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, this looks but, like something that I could play. I, I definitely could. I like this kind of stuff. Is anybody else, and I'm just going to throw this out there, is anybody else just, like, excited when when, when Stefan says names in French? This me? <laughs> or it's just like, oh, that sounded nice. <laughs> the French language is nice. It very much is. <laughs> Alright, as we mentioned, Blazing Chrome is out now. It's a seriously cool Contra-style game. Okay, let's just go to some gameplay, shall we? I'm gonna go back to this here, guys. I'm going back to this. Blazing Chrome. Yeah, dude, like, yeah, this game, and it's not easy. It's like Contra, it's not an easy game. It's not here just like, here guys, pay, pay us $10 and you can win immediately. No, you're gonna work for it, and you're gonna have fun working for it.
guys, blazing chrome. I'm gonna remember this, okay? On to the monitor, blazing chrome. <laughs> Makes you envious you should learn your country's second language. <laughs> I mean, this really, really, really reminds me of... of uh, I did not War, realize these are the same people who made Odalis and Onikin. Really? If you have not played... I haven't played much of Onikin. I know it's fantastic. I have played Odalis. It is very, very good. If you're looking for another retro-inspired game that you're going to have a lot of fun with, just off a whim, I can 100% suggest Odalis as well. Very good game. Uh, but yeah, uh, these guys, developer Joymasher, yeah, they're they're making great games. They're they're taking their time and they're putting out quality games that people want to play. Oh, so yeah, I suggest, I definitely suggest anyone out there who hasn't played Blazing Chrome or looked into it too much, go and watch someone play it. If not, go get it yourself. So, next up we have Effin' Balls, a new specky game from Andy Dansby with loading screen by Andy Green. Uh, let's see. ZX Spectrum stuff can be very hit or miss, as you know, it could, due to being a bit of a. A strange creature. It's a little bit of a slower system, so but the color scheme is always so fucking balls. Effing balls, man. Oh. Okay. Nice getting, getting a one on one. Oh, you almost got stuck there, though, didn't you? Oh. Yeah. Just get in the holder, dude. I mean, okay. It, I mean, it, it, it's a obviously a action puzzle game. But this is what I'm saying about the ZX Spectrum. Like, this looks as basic as basic goes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> looks like a 2D Marble Madness. Oh, God. Uh... Yeah, kind of. I guess they needed that little nipple on top of the ball to let you know which way your ball was facing each time, because, yeah. <laughs> it looks like, <laughs> looks like my first Atari experience, yeah. I mean... Alright, so... Sure. So yeah, this is, this is a game by Andy Dansby. Uh, if you're into ZX Spectrum games at all, and this is, you know, you just want to have something new to play, by all means, head on over there and get it. They do have a download link on the article page there as well. And we're going to move on. To Super Goat Run, an enjoyable C64 game from Misfit. Let's go and watch this show. I don't know where they to They didn't really have to. Super, Super Goatron. Because I'm not going to use the word goat again for the rest of this podcast. Because I don't want to lose my shit again. Okay. What is it? Whoa, 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 whoa. Is this like Jazz Ball? Or what is this? No, I'm interested. Here we go. 
Oh shit! Whoa! Okay, that got got real real quick. Yeah! Whoa! You got blown up. All right, zone clear. Yeah, okay. Easy peasy zone. Oh. Well. So I guess that's the whole point is to shoot that thing. Oh, but you probably can't go through those beams, but still. Alright, well that's kinda of cool. I, I I'd give this a go. I can see it probably getting a lot higher. Yeah, see look. Now they're going on diagonals and shit. Where'd that other one go? Okay, there comes the flying saucer, alright. Yeah, so it does get progressively harder, so that's kinda of cool. Alright, so Misfit is certainly no stranger to us on Indie Retro News, creating great games such as Cheese and Onion and Pilot Attack to name but a few, but now with their RGCDC64 16 kilobyte uh, cartridge game dev compo in nearly everyone's minds, he's gone and created a game called Super Gotron. Uh, a brilliant little C64 game presented by the future was 8-bit, in which you need to destroy moving enemies as you traverse around the edge of a rather uniquely designed level. Okay. Must blast enemies and tiny pieces. Use the level to your advantage. Shoot bonus items and hopefully progress to an ever more challenging level of fun. Yeah, like I said, I, I, I could actually see myself playing a bit of this just to see how far I could get kind of thing. Right. We've all got stuck on those stupid games that, that sometimes come with like <laughs> windows and stuff and all of a sudden you're playing Vegas fucking solitaire. Three-card draw, and you're like, oh man, uh, uh, I just woke up, what am I going to do? I'm going to play some Vegas three-card draw solitaire and see if I can't, you know, break even before breakfast. <laughs> nope, alright, I guess I'll try again more. Yeah, so yeah, we all get addicted to little games like this. I can see this one being quite addictive. It doesn't look like it's super easy either, you have to have pretty good accuracy. Yeah. Alright, something that I was a little bit interested right here from just a screenshot. I didn't really get to, uh, again, I never watch ahead on my articles. I always want to be surprised as well. The Sorrow of God... Mm, you had to throw that word in there to make it difficult, didn't you? Cadlanther. <laughs> get, get. Alright, high quality MSX2 action RPG from Kai Magazine. Uh, so, this is a look at uh, some upcoming games for weekly start, and sure enough, we have a new game to share with you, as Kai Magazine has announced the completion of a new game called The Sorrow of Goldon Gadlan Gad Third. Jesus, that is not an easy word to try and say. A high-quality action RPG that is coming to the MSX2. To coincide with this, this news update, not only is there a new gameplay teaser, but the developer has also said the game is finished, and there will be a short first batch of 25 cartridges. Oh, second batch will be made in two months and more since there are no more to, oh, 2048k cartridges, cartridges available at the moment. All right, well, let's have a look at this game. Oh, Jesus, 37 minutes, no, no, no. I just wanna see it, have a look at the game. Ooh. That's nice. 
Okay, loading. But, oh, oh. Okay, I'm just gonna say this again. I think we've been missing out on some stuff with the NSX. like with the little thing on the bottom here. This gives me like a kind of like I don't know if you know the game but it Faxanadu. Yeah. If you've played Faxanadu, it very much it re very much reminds me of that. Huh. This must be like full on gameplay. Sing moon talk to people, okay. Oh, here we go. This is what we wanna see. Oh yeah, okay. Wanna see some action. Now it, definitely, now it definitely makes me feel like it's like fat sanity. Very much so. I love fat sanity too. Like I thought, it was, it, fat sanity was a real good game. Like you kind of agree with me there, DP. Like it very much feels like fat sanity because it definitely looks like it does. At least to me, anyway. Cool though. Yeah, I would definitely right. give this a go. I, like I said, I, I feel like we missed out on a lot of stuff <clears> not <throat> having MSX. Yeah, right. Because like this is flowing. This is not like ZX Spectrum or, or like even the C64. I mean, both have their their you know setbacks and stuff, but this thing looks like it's legit. Like, yeah, right. NES Sega Master System like. So that's pretty cool. All right. So, main features, open world, action RPG, many objects and skills to find, hidden secrets, diverse skills to master, no immediate spam of enemies, quick, agile, and addictive playability, save a progress with code, PSG musics, SCC musics, the game cartridge does not include an SCC chip, so you can use an external SCC chip as you would do with an FM pack game. Wow. Pretty cool. Damn. I would definitely play this. Uh, well, like I, like yeah. I was saying, Faxanadu was my favorite game growing up, and this very, very much reminds me of it. It'd be something I would definitely try. Alright. Now, you've probably all heard the TurboGrafx-16 Mini gets a full game list and launch date. So, Konami is taking a big gamble with its TurboGrafx-16 Mini. The console did enjoy the same following as other platforms like the NES, NES, and as Sony recently demonstrated with the PlayStation Classic, even an incredibly popular machine, over 100 million PlayStations were sold in its lifetime, won't help if you miss the mark in other areas like pricing. Uh, Konami last month punched its ticket around the Mini Retro uh, Console Express with the Trouble Graphics 16 Mini. Throwback Gaming System was announced with just six games. R-Type, Ease uh, Book 1 and 2, New Adventure Island, Ninja Spirit, Alien Crush, and Dungeon Explorer with the promise that more titles were in the pipeline. We now know exactly what to expect from the Mini and when to expect it. Konami uh, 
this week announced the full lineup, which consists of 24 TurboGrafx-16 games and 26 PC Engine titles for a total of 50 games. Oh my god. TurboGrafx-16 was originally released in Japan as the PC Engine. Can I just say, Konami was super smart. They included titles from the PC Engine to further, because most, most of the titles that you got on the TurboGrafx-16 were shmups. Which is great for people who like shmups, but if you aren't a huge uh, fan of those or don't play them that often, you're going to find that you're not going to want this many. They done their diligence and they done their work with this, believe me. Here are the games. Alien Crush, Victory Run, Blazing Lasers, Newtopia, Dungeon Explorer, R-Type, Motor Rotor, Power Golf, Ease Book 1 and 2, Ninja Spirit, JJ and Jeff, Space Harrier, Military Madness, Chu Man Fu, Psychosis, Bonk's Revenge, Parasol Stars, Kadash, New Adventure Island, Air Zonk, Newtopia 2, Soldier Blade, Lords of Thunder, and Bomberman 93, baby! Ooh, so good. Bomberman 93 is fantastic. Also, if you like RPGs, both Newtopia games are RPGs. Also, Eastbook 1 and 2 are RPGs. Exactly, and Kadash is also a fantastic game. Lots of good shmups there as well. Oh, I can't uh, believe they put it all. If you've not played East Book One and Two, they are really, really, really good RPGs. Yeah. Um, definitely give those a try if you haven't. New Adventure Island. Oh God, yeah. Uh, Ninja Spirit is also a really good game. Uh, if you haven't played Space Harrier, woohoo! Space Harrier, real good. And so is uh, Parasol Stars. Uh, Space Harrier is a third person jump, but you're it, it, you're going forward yeah. instead of like instead of like going sideways. Space Harrier is real good. All right, now here's the PC Engine games. This is what I'm excited. The to Kung about. Fu. Jaysaken Necromancer, Fantasy Zone, Apparel Gateball, Nectaris, Dungeon Explorer, Newtopia, PC Genjin, East 1 and 2, Super Darius, Superstar Soldier, Daimaka, Daimakai Mura, Aldin, oh, Aldinus, I've never even heard of that one, Newtopia yeah. 2, Gradius, Salamander, Super Momotaro Densetsu 2, Ninja Ryukenden, uh, Stars uh, Parodier, Snatcher, Gradius 2, Gopher no Yabo, Cho Aniki, Akum oh, Akumajo Dracula X, Chino Rondo, Bomberman 94, I, Bomberman Panic Bomber, and Jinja Fuke Densetsu Sapphire. Uh, Akumajo Dracula X, Do no Rondo is uh, Rondo of Blood. Rondo of Blood, yes. Um, and two more yeah. Bomberman games? Two more Bobby oh, Man games. I'm gonna get um, this so much. <laughs> Cho and Niki? Really? Yeah. Like, wow. I'm really surprised <laughs> to see Cho and Niki on that. Um, if you don't know what Cho and Niki is, it's um unique. It is. It's a shump. Yeah. It's, it's um Japan. <laughs> also. Uh, yeah, uh, the TurboGrafx 16 is supposed to be coming out on March 19, 2020. They haven't released a price yet, so uh, they'll start accepting pre-orders on July 15th on the first day of Amazon's Prime Day sales event. 
I mean, there are so much. Super Darius? Yeah, Ooh, dude, boy. so many good Ooh. games so right there. let me tell you guys something like you played gradius you played all those you played all those jumps gradius r-type you want to get your dick kicked in play some darius because <laughs> darius makes like gradius and r-type look like children's game darius games are so hard they are hard like oof oof hard um this lineup is godlike. Yeah. Um, I would probably prefer this over any of the other mini systems, to be honest mm -hmm. with you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that's, that's pretty big considering the lineups on the other mini systems. <laughs> yep. And it just, just, wow. Some of the games I've seen, I've done, like, that, that right there alone. That alone blows me out of the water. That that's going to be like, oh really? And another another game that I'm really surprised to see on that list is Snatcher. Like, oh really? Um, if you've not seen or heard of Snatcher before, it is a it's like a detective sort of like game, but it is very graphic. Like, we're talking about, this is one of those games that made them, like, maybe the ESRB should be a thing. Because <laughs> there are some very graphic scenes in Snatcher, but the game is really good. Uh, one game I was actually, I think it's, if I'm not mistaken, it's for, uh, it's for the TurboGrafx-16 PC engine. Yeah, it is. Uh, Zack 3. That's one of the only games that didn't get on the list that I was really hoping to get on there. Which is a, as Scott was saying, a very like, whoa, there's blood and people getting actually killed in an RPG game. Um, that That's one of the few games that I kind of wish was on there because that was, uh, that's a really good RPG if you can get into it. Uh, also, before we uh, finish up with this, you're not aware Ninja Ryukenden, that's Ninja Gaiden. Mm -hmm. Salamander, that's Life Force. But I'm pretty sure Salamander, I'm pretty sure TG16, uh, sorry, PC Engine uh, Salamander is slightly different than Life uh, Force. I think it's, I think it's slower. I think. Uh, I thought there was like one extra level or one missing or something like that. As well, so anyways, we're gonna move on to our next topic. Oh, no, we're not. We're gonna skip that because that's the one that Scott covered. Don Kong 3 and Wrecking Crew joins the Switch Online Library. So, next we have PC Engine. So, we, that's all right. Scott's looking up some stuff, so we got time. We're gonna refresh these because, of course, PC Engine or PC. Yeah. Uh, PC the difference between Salamander and Life Force is uh, Sal uh, Salamander has a better ending, better on-screen display, and some improvements over the US version. Yeah. So there you go. It, it's it's basically the same game, but Salamander is technically the better one if you play that game. And Life Force is basically a gradient. No, while we're waiting for these. This to actually refresh. I don't know why it's taking so damn long. Microsoft's prototype Xbox controllers for phones look ideal for xCloud. It's just a research project for now. 
But uh, they're experimenting with a prototype Xbox controller for phones and tablets, and they attach the dispositive devices to provide an experience that's similar to Nintendo Switch. Uh, the success of the Switch is testament to the value of mobile gaming and physical controls, explains a Microsoft research paper spotted by Windows Central. Microsoft has been experimenting with... That's actually really high praise from another big company that you're competing with. At least they, they you know, they, they give you that in the, in the article, damn. Uh, Microsoft has been experimenting with a variety of slide, uh, sliding grips that can make the attachments far more uh, flexible and less bulky than solutions that already exist like Gamecase, Gamevice, and Ion Icade Mobile. Microsoft Research first documented these prototype controls back in October. Now Microsoft has even patented, pat, mm, patented the idea. Which is not a bad idea. I mean, look at this. I mean, it looks nice, but... It's just how, how well is it going to work? Yeah. Uh, the patents of research don't... Was that, sorry? That's going to be questionable, especially if like, yeah. you're using it on things that are, like an iPad like they show in there. Yeah, that's... I don't know how that's going to feel. So... On a 7-inch, it might be fine, like this one up here. But on yeah, a 10-inch, yeah. it's going to be like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Eh. Um, and I guess that's why they take out the wings right here on this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the patents and research don't necessarily mean that we'll see these controllers in time for the xCloud game streaming launch, but Microsoft has been overhauling its research division in recent years to ensure its inventions become reality. These prototypes look like a far better solution than connecting up a separate Xbox controller or relying on touchscreen controls for games, which can be fucking terrible. Microsoft is working on a touch adaption kit for xCloud so developers can make their games more touch-friendly, but the company has always publicly demonstrated its cloud gaming service with an Xbox controller attached to an Android phone. We've been waiting for a company to set up and create a good controller designed for phones, and Microsoft might just be ready to fill that gap. Microsoft also makes the best pro gamepad, the Xbox Elite controller, so extending to phones and tablets looks like the next logical step. I mean, I get it. It just depends on like how well they feel in your hand, exactly. how well they're actually going to stay on your on your mobile device. Yeah, if like, they're going to be able to like stick on your mobile device, and you know that like even if you move a controller a little bit using like the 360 sticks, and they're not going to move on your uh, phone, mm -hmm. then absolutely, it's just it's going to be like what the price tag of these things are. Exactly. Yeah. The other thing is, I think it's going to work a lot better for phones than it will for tablets, only for the fact yes, that. Absolutely phones are going to be a lot lighter so it's going to feel like you're actually just holding a controller yeah, whereas yeah. with a tablet it's going to be more bulky it's going to be more lopsided it's mm -hmm. you know and i don't think it will be the same as switch but i'm glad that they're actually saying you know that nintendo knows what they're doing so right uh cool looking idea it's just it's all about the proper application and how well things are just going to feel exactly Alright, so up next we have Retro Ninja Platformer, The Messenger gets free DLC levels. Ooh. Oh yeah. Alright, so The Messenger is Sabotage Studios set 2D platformer in the vein of classics like Shinobi and Ninja Gaiden 2. And if you finished it already, it now has some free DLC accessible to anyone who has made it to the credits. Picnic Panic is a vacation themed collection of three new levels with new boss fights as well. Set on uh, Voodkin Island. It seems uh, 
kind of like an anime beach episode, and various characters from the base game will tag along with you on this new adventure. As the press release puts it, keep your friends close and your anemones closer. To access Picnic Panic, make sure the DLC is downloaded and you're on a save file that's beaten the final boss. If you're on New Game Plus, you'll need to have unlocked the map. Either way, head over to the shop and find the pink neon palm tree sign to set off for Voodkin Island. That's cool. Like they're they're willing to give like their players some new uh, some new content for free, oh, especially yeah. for a game that's uh, as popular as the Messenger. And it's oh, it looks good, dude, and it looks like it plays so fucking good. I have it on Twitch. I just haven't gotten the chance to play it. Can someone you want to donate? Donate some time. Go yeah, work right. for me, so I so I can play games, please. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This looks really good, and I, right. I, it looks like they're gonna try incorporating some new mechanics with the whole water and I guess beach theme and stuff. So that's cool. Wow, this looks if really are, fucking good, man. If you weren't already inspired enough to play this game, just yeah. Jeez. And you, you ain't gonna need much more. Oh, people are going to be speedrunning that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on. We were talking about, uh, you know, new mods to upgrade uh, effects and stuff and, you know, graphics and games. Resident Evil 3 fans have made an impressive HD mod. So, there are plenty of HD mods where you have to zoom in on a screenshot to notice the difference. Well, this is not the kind of mod. Resident Evil 3 Seamless HD project uses machine learning to upscale the backgrounds. And also includes upscaled menus with high-res character portraits, seamless masks, and a bunch of manual editing to ensure things like in-game text are readable. The difference is pretty stark. There's also an optional FMV pack that doubles the resolution of the cutscenes. Another pretty noticeable difference, even though they're still only running at 640 x 320 Thing is, Resident Evil 3 seamless HD projects work with emulated version of Resident Evil 3, so you need the Dolphin emulator and an ISO to check it out. Once it's up and running, you can switch between the two by pressing the delete key, and in the video above you can see a few instances where the player does just that. Neat. Um, I will honestly say, of like, of all of the Resident Evil games, Resident Evil 3 is... Uh, I played the crap out of Resident Evil 3, so... Yeah, it was a fun... Uh, a lot of people love Resident Evil 2 just because it was yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, 2 is like like that very, very close second. It's like Resident... Oh, oh yeah? It looks oh. much nicer, eh? Oh. Oh, wow, really that looks good. way more clear, dude. Yeah, it does. Whoa. Damn, alright, let's get Ooh, into breaky. it. Whoa, really? Is it... <laughs> There's no way... That's it. It's, wow. a, it's a new fucking game. It's it's like a remaster. <laughs> like this looks like she it's a brand new so remaster. Good. Yeah. Look at how good she looks. Ah, oh, I love you, Joe. You couldn't even tell she had boobs in the other one. Man. Yeah, this looks fantastic. Yes, it does. Yeah, exactly. This is what the game needs, a clean makeover. This is fantastic so far. Okay, the portrait could be... It, it's very N64 face. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, otherwise, I mean, like everything else in the background and stuff, like this is like yeah, so oh, much better. God, you can definitely tell when they switch between them, like for sure. Oh god. Yeah. Damn. I like that. I like this a lot. This yeah, is definitely. So yeah. It's amazing what some of the communities are doing. And, and this is what I'm talking about. Like, these are people who are just doing this in their spare time because they want to make this game better. For, you mm -hmm. know, because they like it that much. Did a good job, I'll tell you that much. Oh, God, yes. Good job, guys. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> As they say down here, maybe we'll get an official remake of Resident Evil 3 someday, but in the meantime, this will do. And yes, yeah, it will. Totally will. Yes, it will. Alright, here's another huge thing. Uh -oh. The RetroArt emulator platform is coming to Steam this month. Hurt my interest. Open source software developer LibRetro is bringing its popular emulator platform RetroArt to Steam on July 30th. It's not every day that emulating software appears on Valve's platform, and RetroArch is easily the most prominent to make the leap. The great legality of emulating suggests that Libretro would have trouble getting RetroArch on a closed platform like Steam, but as Ars Technica points out, Valve doesn't appear to have any rules against emulators. In its announcement post on RetroArch's store page, Libretro is careful about how it's positioning the software. While there is nothing particularly uh, about nothing in particular about RetroArch or the Libretro API has anything to do with emulators, most do it do use it for this purpose the post reads the steam version of retroarch will be functionally identical to the one you can download right now though it's only launching on windows at first but in future updates libretro wants to explore leveraging steam's functionality as a platform libretro is also open to dialogue with game developers slash publishers that have the rights to original ip who want to bring their games over to steam through the use of retroarch that's a pretty smart idea. It it really is, but That's I can a really, see really that. Smart idea. I can see Nintendo going and Sega and all the other <laughs> yeah, companies going uh, to attack them immediately. Konami. Oh yeah. Uh, Konami about like uh, some get a hold of Snake. Okay. Oh, some get a hold of Snake real quick. Mm -hmm. <laughs> need to pee. You need something to get peed on. Another big thing, Mortal Kombat movie is R-rated and features fatalities. Yes, yes, yes. As it sh this is probably going to be done the way it should have been done to begin with, not the bullshit movies from back in the day. I'm sorry if anyone out there likes them. They're not terrible. Like, if you didn't call them Mortal Kombat, I'd probably watch them and, you know, it's fine. But, but we all know that we want a real Mortal Kombat movie. So, the new Mortal Kombat movie will be the first to be rated R in North America, and you know what that means. Fatalities on the big screen. The most gratuitously violent fighting game is finally getting a, gratuitous, a gratuitously violent film. Writer Greg Russo, who is also working on the Resident Evil, Saints Row, and Fear movies, Confirmed a rating on Twitter, but wouldn't confirm which of the gory killing blows would make it all into the adaption. Oh, there's so many, though. <laughs> the roster hasn't been revealed either, though we do know it will feature a Chili Pal Sub-Zero playing 
played by actor and martial artist Joe Taslam, who also starred as Jaka uh, in The Raid. I don't know what that is. Neither do I. You can't Always do... Yeah, you, you, you can look it up. You have, you have finger things. Uh, you can't Raid. do Mortal Kombat without the Frosty Ninja, and he'll probably be joined by his old frenemy, Scorpion. Filming started uh, this year in Australia. Where's Peter Cashel? It's due out on March 5th, 2021. So we still have a couple years to wait, but... It, it is a movie. Damn. Alright, so that's something to look I, forward to. I, yeah, I'm, I'm just okay. hoping they do it justice this time. Please, please do, because I am definitely going to go see that movie the day it releases, and... Yeah. It can't be worse than the other movies that they no. put out, so the bar's already yeah. low, guys. So again, you I, can't I, possibly fuck it up. I like those old school fighting movies that are cheesy as fuck. So mm. I, I'm not too bothered by the old ones, but again, you, you could throw a different name on it and be fine. But yeah, mm-hmm. I've been wanting a real good Mortal Kombat movie since those, and I'm hoping this is going to deliver. So mm-hmm. up next. The Bard's Tale 4 Director's Cut is coming in August. Um, The Bard's Tale 4 Borrows Deep was one of my favorite games from 2018, and I wrote a glowing review to prove it. Not me personally, this is what I'm reading from uh, the site there on PCGamer.com. In August, it will get get even better as the Bard's Tale 4 Director's Cut was announced in February will go live. The director's cut directly addresses feedback received from the game's initial launch with thousands of fixes and tweaks included. Developer Inzile Entertainment said. It will also add long-awaited DLC in the form of new final chapter that promises to add hours of new content. No details were revealed, but based on appearance uh, on the large green fellow at the end of the trailer, I'd say we're finally going to see what happens in Harrenhold. Also, that's what Inzal said last year. The updated um, version will also include new enemies, weapons, and items, an updated interface, more class and gender character creation options. What in the hell? Is that rats? I was just watching this up here. Like, Jesus. Um, <laughs> additional difficulty settings, full gamepad support, rebalanced combat and encounters, and thousands of fixes and improvements. The Bard's Tale 4 Director's Cut is available for pre-purchase on Steam and will also be coming to GOG. If you already own the original release, you'll get the Director's Cut content and updates as a free update when it goes live, which is set to happen on August 27th. Okay. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, really don't have too much to say about this because I haven't played any of the Bard's Tale games, but mm-hmm. that, for what we've seen in that movie, it does look really good. Yeah, really though. The, the stuff that they were like showing here, like what is this? Is that all rats or what? Is... Right, that did look moderately frightening. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that's the end of our news this week. We're moving into our Kickstarters. The end of our mm-hmm. podcast here. First up, oh, their money keeps going up, and I hope it keeps going. Uh, Twenty-four days to go. They're looking for twenty-nine thousand four hundred twenty-one dollars. They currently have nine thousand six hundred eighty-three. Theropods, an adventure game full of dinosaurs. Uh, so you face dinosaurs, solve puzzles, and travel back in time of ginormous lizards and pixelated adventure games. All right. Alrighty. Name 
you said the word dinosaurs, so you get a lot of people interested already. And pixelated makes me want to go jerk off in the corner, so... <laughs> this looks fantastic so far. Oh! Oh shit! Oh no, what are you gonna... Oh! You mi You had him cornered. Until the yellow rock fell. Ooh. Oh, it's just a gold rupee, man. It's worth 300. He's just picking it up. <laughs> Oh shit. So this looks good so far. Uh, I, I'm loving every second of this, by the way. <laughs> Not the only thing that fell. Whoa. Purple rupees, silver rupees, you know those two. All you gotta do. Oh. Okay. Or Vegeta, one or the other. Oh, it's it's vision. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, tell me I'm wrong. You look like him. Yeah, no, you're you're right. <laughs> it's like it's Damn. vision. It just has to go. This home. looks fucking great. Yeah, it does. Never, girl. Alright, well, uh, yeah, I want to play that. I'm hoping it's going to get back. They still have 24 days. They have lots of time. Alright, so, uh, oh, if you pay $12 or more, you can get in on the Early Bird Special, which is a digital copy of the game at a discounted price. $15 for the full copy, so, yeah, you're still getting, or, sorry, £3 off, which is about 5 or $6. Yeah. But yeah, this game, it looks beautiful as well. In case you can't tell, I'm a big fan of yeah. uh, pixel, stuff, pixel art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that shit. If you haven't paying attention, it's in our podcast name. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. Yeah, really. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just just saying. We might, we might like this sort of stuff. Uh, and also, for me, it's a female protagonist, which is like my favorite thing in all of video gaming. Don't ask me why, it just... It is. All I can say is that, my God, if I had the fucking money, I would, like, top-tier pledge all these fucking people. Just get all the extra shit that they want to give you, too, on top of it. Like, oh, you want to give me a physical figurine of a T-Rex? Yes! I would have... I'll take two of them! God damn, that is awesome. Uh, I just want my dinosaur, man. Right, T-Rex sculpture. Design your own dinosaur to be in the game. Be in the game as a villager. Pixel portrait of yourself. Meet us in a Skype call. Kickstarter exclusive T-shirt. A postcard. Oh, exclusive T. Oh, let's see that. Oh. Your name engraved on the Chief's cave. Uh, official soundtrack. Digital high-res art book. Kickstarter exclusive digital wallpaper. Like, oh man, all that shit sounds so good. Oh, I want it all. <laughs> And again, they're using a female protagonist, so this is something that Scott would like, so... Yep, that's what I'm about. Hmm. <laughs> Dude, it's just underwater. Where is it? Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, this Kickstarter. I hope it gets through uh, sooner than later. 
Uh, our next one is Immortus, a dark and disturbing 2D top-down action RPG. They only have 11 days to go. They're looking for $30,830. They currently have only $3,500. In Paris, France. Let's have a look and see what they have here. Starting on strong. Whoa, pixel graphics. Okay. Uh, whoa. This is uh, not yeah, bad. Yeah. It's, you know what the, the the art style of this reminds me of? Uh, Slate the Spire. Yeah. Yep. I can see that. customization. Oh, this looks pretty cool. It's almost like uh, Dark Souls-ish. Yeah. Pixel, pixel-like Dark Souls. 2D face culture setting. I was gonna say, what are you, like, resisting that lightning like hardcore? Okay, so it doesn't look like a terrible game by any means. Right? Maybe it's just the way that they were uh, doing their PR for the, the Kickstarter itself. You can play the demo as well. Twisted World inspired from Warhammer and the Cthulhu Mythos. You don't have to choose uh, your way and find out what happened to the world around you. Okay. What the, what the pot, man? The whole world looks like it's all fucked up. See, again, 15 pounds, or euros, my bad. I probably called the last one the pounds, and I meant to say euros. Um, but yeah, 15 euros for the full game copy. Seems a little high. Yeah, 15 euros translates to $25 American. Some kind of cool stuff they have in their top tier. <coughs> Jesus. Lots of tears, holy crap. <coughs> Forgotten God, ultimate design package and your statue in-game and invited to meet the team. Five copies of game, all rewards from above. Write a lore fiction, design a gift of the gods, design a spell or ability, your pixel portrait in the credits, your name in the game, design a new weapon or armor set, design a new enemy, create an NPC, create an entire quest, design a boss, launch day with the team, your statue in the game. Oh. Okay. Well, they let you. It's basically that when you think about this tier, this is basically here. We're going to let you be part of the entire game, basically. Yeah, right. <laughs> new enemies, new weapons or armor set. Your, uh, what is it? Design a spell or ability. Design a gift of the gods. Write lore fiction. Uh, create an NPC, an entire quest, a bot. Like, you're basically do. Here's a section of the game. And that, that's it's pretty smart you. of them, really. Yeah, right. Alright, moving on to our last one. Critter World. Creature catching act uh, cre creature catching action RPG. Inspired by Pokemon and the Legend of Zelda. We're looking for thirteen thousand. They've only got seven forty eight, twenty three days to go. Okay. I think you'll be surprised, actually. I did watch the the a little bit of the trailer for this one. 
it didn't look as bad as I thought it was going to be, so I was like, yeah, I'm going to keep this one in here. I might have to like fast forward or something. Jesus. I think it's like a three minute fucking trailer as well. Oh, it's the most basic of basic. <laughs> I'm quite shocked. Just a minute, I can hear DP Whale over the laugh my nose. <laughs> so yeah, it's a little bit different than what you would expect actually. So yeah, there's a lot to take in with this game, but it, it seemed yeah. very interesting in regards to what they want to actually do with it. It's just, I don't know how well it's gonna. Yeah. That's the game. It's a it's a very strange type of game, but like I said, I think it has yeah, potential. It just uh, there's so much that it looks like they're trying to. I'm, I know that they're throwing a little bit too much. Yeah. Too quick. What's going on? I mean, I'm sure once you're in the game, you'll at the same time. Like one of the Pokemon, a piece of toast. This is what I'm getting. <laughs> Ten dollars uh, for the game. Whoa! I guess this is. This must be all the different types of critters you can get. The hell? Am I? Am I? Am I? Turnip? What are these literally just called? Turnip? No, turn pit. Turn pit. Sorry. <laughs> what the? Yeah, it looks like it's a type of, almost like a puzzle type game, but you're also using critters, Pokemon, <laughs> in order to do like certain abilities to be able to finish the puzzles. Which is why I said like it has some potential, but like there's just so much happening that it's it's hard to like kind of put it all together kind of thing. So 
Anyways, that is our last game and everything for this week. Oh. Wow. That kind of just took me by surprise a little bit there. I'm like, okay. <laughs> That's what he's got. Yeah, it's okay. I'm, uh, I'm in one of those podcasts, man. Confused by a Pokemon Zelda ass game and then laughed at goats. Been one of those kind of podcasts. <laughs> Go to do. But uh, thank you everybody for coming by. For everybody who was uh, here for the the stream version Indeed. of the podcast, I always appreciate having everyone around. It didn't run as long as I thought it was going to, so I'm glad we got through our news. We didn't over bullshit anything, and right. we actually I feel like we still covered everything as well as we would have. Yeah, there was way, so. Yeah, definitely there was a lot of stuff to go over this week, and uh, glad we got to uh, as much as the stuff that we did. You know but, what? Uh, We're going to host up Daddy Dino. He is currently... Oh! And then we have DP Whale dodging over to playing some Mega Man 2. I've hosted up DP Whale a few times, so I'm going to do up some Daddy Dino. He is over there playing... Uh, Serious Slam Classic. So, anyways, hopefully you guys enjoyed the, uh, the podcast. If you did, again, any comments, feedback... Always appreciated. Always join the Discord as well, so you can talk to us more often. Give us uh, some insights uh, yourself, or also provide the comments and feedback there. And yep, you know, if there's anything that you guys and anything that you guys would like us to discuss about during the podcast, we will definitely take suggestions, and we are more than happy to uh, take on uh, any of the tougher subjects that you guys may have for us. Indeed. All right, well, have yourselves a good evening. We will see you again next week, and enjoy yourself some Daddy Dino. Good night. Have a good night, guys.